Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was their pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So kick a dude in the balls. It's time for... I never saw that. Previously on I Never Saw That. Ball handling. Ball handling. Ball handling. Charles Barkley is a full-grown man. We got balls. We got balls. We got balls. Balls. <laughs> I was so proud of that. We just decided it's to ridiculous. play it again for some of you who may have missed it. And for people who want to chuckle, because the rest of this episode is going to get heavy. We're talking about the 1996 film, Foxfire. I almost called it Firefox. Will not be the last time. I almost make that mistake. Let's make it the last time. Okay. It's called Foxfire. Yes. Foxfire. And I looked it up. Um, Foxfire is actually also known as Fairy Fire. And it's a bioluminescent fungi that happens. Like phosphorus, but yeah, on... But on rotting trees and... What? Yeah. I thought you'd be into that. <sighs> One of Jen's favorite things is... Um, Phosphorus. phosphorus bioluminescence in the water that sometimes happens up here in the Puget Sound and all over the world. It's amazing. Yes, it's much, much fun to swim in. Probably not as much fun to swim in Firefox, Foxfire. Oh my Fox. God, are you kidding me? <laughs> Probably not as much fun to swim in the fungi one as the one in the water. More difficult, at least. So yeah, we are talking about Foxfire, not the 1955 one with Jane Russell, not the 1987 <laughs> one with Jessica Tandy. Almost watched that. We did not. Almost, almost made a terrible it. mistake. There is a 2014 remake of Foxfire that I think we should watch yeah, at some point. I was just going to say we may have to watch that. Yeah, definitely. But we didn't want to, I didn't want to muddle our viewing experiences. So we just watched the one from 1996. Yes, it stars which, Angelina Jolie. Again, that's her second appearance. Yeah, I never she saw was that. previously on I Never Saw That in the movie Hackers from 1995. Mm -hmm. um, a few more notable repeats in this one. Kathy Moriarty plays one of the teen girl's mothers, and she was in Casper. Mm -hmm. Annette Haywood Carter is the director of this film. She was the script supervisor on Casper. Also came out in 1995. Well, this is 96. I know, but... Casper came out in 95 and so did Hackers. Oh. If you had been listening. Wait, so she was the script supervisor story, on Hackers or on? On Casper. No, but on Hackers or Foxfire. Who? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know who the script supervisor on Foxfire was. She was the director. Annette Haywood Carter, the director of Foxfire, was, was... the script supervisor on Casper. Right. That but... Kathy Moriarty was also in. I know that. I got that. But then you said, which also came out in 1995. But we weren't, there was, we were not talking about hackers. So that's why I got really confused when I was like, well, this was 96. You're like, yeah, but hackers was 95. Yeah. So if anybody else was Irrelevant. confused, tweet at us. <laughs> Jeez. I realize now that I said that in the most confusing way possible. 
Just trying to make sure people are paying and, attention. I mean, and the funny part is it's something no one gives a fuck about Pointless either. confusion. Yeah. <laughs> Name of my sex tape. <laughs> Name of our sex podcast. Oh, my God. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, Foxfire. Yeah. This brought up a lot of stuff, I think, for you, Jen. It did. Oh, and just real quick, I know what I was trying to remember to say was that this is based on a novel by Joyce Carol Oates. Yes. Which I did not realize that she was the one who had written it. I have not read it yet. There's no Kindle version. So hmm. I'm my plan is to go to a bunch of used bookstores tomorrow and see if I can find it. Cool. I would be interested in reading it too. I read a little bit about it and it's set in like 1950s, 50s, Detroit yeah. or something or mm. I don't know if it's Detroit. That's where she was teaching for a while, Joyce Carol Oates. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that this was set in well, it's not really clear where it's set, but it was filmed in Portland, Oregon, which I thought was cool because the the screenplay was written by a woman. It was based on a novel by a woman. It was directed by a woman and it stars a bunch of women. And it's set in the Northwest in, like, riot girl time, you know, yeah. the mid-90s. Oh, yeah, totally. Which I think was maybe intentional. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm glad to hear that, because I didn't look that part up, that I'm glad to hear it was directed and, cre- like, created and produced, too, you said? Um, by women? I don't think not produced. Maybe. I well, anyway, the creative... Yeah. The creative control was in the hands of women because yeah. I did have a question about that at one point in the movie. So, I really liked like the very first scene in the film is literally like about the female gaze. There's um, Hedy Burris's character Madeline or Maddie is out in the woods taking Polaroids of her boyfriend naked. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which I thought was, was very awesome. clearly like we're in control here. This yeah. is about the women. Oh, this yeah. Is our which viewpoint. is what the whole movie is about. Which is super rare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I am. I definitely, I like, I loved this movie more than any other movie we've watched by far. Really? And, um. Where would you rank it with, the, like, the mask? So above the mask, then. Hmm. I'm not amused with you. <laughs> I can tell. Nobody else can. But now they can because you said it. I'm really sad that I did not see it at the time. And that is one of the things that was sort of brought up for me watching this. It has very low scores on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do not think that, you know, it's a critically acclaimed film. There are definitely things about it that we could make fun of. But overall, I was very, very personally affected by it. Um, I thought it was really powerful. Yeah, and I am going to make fun of some things and make some jokes. Mm-hmm. But I do think it was a very important, interesting film in a lot of ways. And I think it was unique just because of the viewpoint. I, there was a point in the bathroom, one of the early scenes, where you were like, this is really bad, right? Like, this could be really good, but yeah, this is... <laughs> that. Well, it's because the way that Angelina Jolie's character was introduced... Yes. So I loved the first, the opening scenes. Um, Maddie is taking, like you said, naked pictures, naked Polaroids of her boyfriend. And then you see her rollerblading to school and rollerblading around the school, just taking Polaroids of different things. And there's narration. And in the narration, in the narration, she says something like, 
I don't, I don't need these people or mm-hmm. I just use them for my art. Mm-hmm. Basically, she's saying, I don't let these assholes get to me. Yeah. Um, she controls them with her. Yeah. Gaze. Right. Viewing she them takes through control her lens of and, the situation. Yeah. So I loved all that. And then they show them in class. He's the biology teacher. And he is molesting girls. It's funny because they refer to it as sexual harassment in the movie, but it's actually sexual oh, assault, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I guess we're all, you know, that's been a conversation recently that people are not necessarily in agreement about. But in my opinion, if, first of all, if an older man is touching a minor, yeah. that's sexual assault. Sexual harassment. Is a weird term to use for a teacher and a minor too, even if it's yeah. just like comments or something. So it's assault it's still, or yeah. or um, molestation. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So you find out he's you find out through this one girl, Rita, who is played by what's her name? Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis, who is the singer in Rilo Kiley. Rilo Kiley. Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins. Oh, um, I don't know that one. Yeah, she's a little indie rock darling. Later. She was adorable in this movie. She was like the not nerdy, but um, I don't know. Yeah, she. It was interesting. She made they made her look kind of frumpy, and she wore lots of big at first yeah. sweaters at well, first, and then later in the movie, she becomes right empowered, and she looks totally different, and her hair's pulled and she's back. She's interested and, in like discovering her sexuality, yeah. and yeah, because she was being fucking molested. That's what you do when yes. you're being molested. You try to make yourself, you know, less appealing. So anyway, I was trying to get to the point about the way they introduced Angelina Jolie. So they're in class and all that. And then you just see these boots walking down the hall. (laughs) And you know it's her. I mean, we knew it was her. A car drives up and she gets out of a car in front of the school. And then the first thing you see is those boots. And then she walks down the hall. Yeah. And some staff member in the hallway is like, young man or Yeah, the security guard. Yeah. So she just shows up in class and... She gets there. So he, the teacher, Mr. Buttinger, mm-hmm. funniest part of the movie. Do you guys get it? His name but. is Butt. And it is spelled Buttinger. And I just don't think that was an accident. Anywho, so she shows up and he is bullying Rita, the girl he's also molesting, about. So they're dissecting frogs. Yeah, alive. The frogs are alive. Vivisection. What a fucking horrible thing to do. You're saying that's a thing that people do in high school? I don't know. I never took normal biology. I took marine biology in high school. I took a biology class and we did, we dissected fetal pigs. Wow. They were obviously They weren't alive They had been like miscarried or whatever. I mean, I would never, ever, ever in a million years dissect a live frog, nor would I dissect a frog that had been killed just for that purpose, you know? Well, Rita doesn't want to. Sorry, that's the point, is that he is bullying her about that and telling her she has to stay for detention if she doesn't do it. Angelina shows up, and she's like a hero immediately. Yeah. And she lets the frog out and then jumps out the window. And, and as she's, she's gone. jumping out, she says, he says, I'll see you in detention too, young lady. And she says, I don't even go here. And then she right. leaves. And then in the next scene, you see her in the bathroom at the school with all these girls, this is when they figure out that he's molesting not only Rita, but some other girls, a girl named Violet, and then Maddie, I mm-hmm. think, though they don't really say that. Yeah, it's not super clear, but she seems to know that it's going on. And Yeah, and this other 
girl named Goldie. And it's not really clear if Goldie's being molested either, but she says he's an ass or something. Yeah. Or she hates him. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was kind of, you know, implied. Yeah. But. They do say that he does it to lots of girls. Yeah, like, you find. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, the the thing that was funny to me about the way they introduced this character was that she just shows up out of nowhere mm-hmm. immediately. Picks up on the situation, knows exactly what's going on, and then proceeds to save the day. Yeah. Now. One scene later, she's organizing in the bathroom. Yeah, the scene in the bathroom where she gets Rita to open up about it, basically. Rita is like, yeah, well, he does this stuff too. And then they're like, what are we going to do about it? And she says, we're going to stick together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but who the fuck are you? Yeah. (laughs) Why are all these girls? None of them know her name. You just showed up at school. No one knows who the fuck you are, but they're all willing to follow you, which maybe was just a sense they had about her. I mean. Yeah. I want to read the book and find out what that character's like, because in the movie. It was a hasty introduction. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And she's, she's kind of a magical character. Thank you. I was convinced for at least half the movie, that she was some sort of angel or magical being. See, I was thinking... That came to save these girls. Until, big spoiler coming up, until she got sentenced to juvenile detention, I thought she was Tyler Durden, basically, from <laughs> Fight Club. I thought it was one of those situations. You thought it, it was... She was literally she was Tyler Maddie. Durden? No, I thought she was like... Oh, like another part of Maddie, like the yeah. tougher side of Maddie. Well, yeah. that would be weird. <laughs> Because they had a lot of sexual tension. It'd be weird for well, Maddie to have totally makes sense, sexual but... tension with herself. Yeah, I know. I was kind of kidding. Oh. This is a joke. I'll be telling some of them. Oh, well, I didn't know that was podcast. a joke. Because actually, I think that's a really interesting well, idea. Yeah, it fits in some ways. And it's because she does just show up out of nowhere. She walks into the class where she's needed. She knows. Right. And she's always, and she's like, I'm just passing through. Yeah. But, and I was thinking too, just another like reference at one point, I thought, oh, is she like Elliot from Pete's Dragon? Yeah. Is she the dragon? Because Elliot the dragon, if you have not seen Pete's Dragon, and if you haven't... The original. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, oh, no. Actually, the new one's better. The new one's great, but the original you the should see, too. One. Come on. I loved the old one as a kid so much, and I love the animated Elliot. Passamaquoddy. Come on. Great songs. Yeah, but the, it... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway... See both of them if you want to. But Elliot is a dragon who comes to Pete's side because Pete needed him. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, he leaves Pete to go find some other kid who needs him. And I I was like, oh, my God. Is Angelina Jolie Elliot? Elliot?" But she wasn't. As it turns out, she was just a person. Interestingly, the frog... Um, dissection scene also reminded me of a movie with another Elliot. Yeah, E.T. E. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, totally irrelevant, except for the Elliot connection, but... Well, that's what I'm bringing to the table tonight. Totally irrelevant stuff that's very confusing. <laughs> well, no, I I think, actually, you could make the argument that E.T. also kind of showed up for Elliot, yes. and then vice versa, I guess, mm-hmm. and then left when he didn't need him anymore. I don't know. The thing I liked about Angelina Jolie's character despite the magical stuff that's never really explained how she just shows up in town right where she's needed and that was weird to me and I think it wasn't handled well in the the writing or maybe the editing of the film but her character other than that 
is surprisingly well-developed. She's not just this badass, super tough, magical creature who comes in and then leaves. She's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. She's impulsive. She makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, she exactly. leads. She leads them in ways, but she's also, she's not perfect. Which, no. if she was this, like, one-dimensional, magical, yeah. like, plot, what's the word I'm looking for? Plot, plot device, device or... She's not this one-dimensional plot device. Right. She's not a savior. She yeah. does bring these girls together, and she has a lot to do with... She has everything to do with bringing them together and where the plot goes, but she's not a savior by any means. And right. there were a few different times when you realized that. I mean, because Maddie immediately puts her on a pedestal, you can tell. Um, yes. She's just, like, she idolizes her. And the other girls do too, but Maddie definitely... Yeah, well, she and Maddie are close, very a, close. Yeah. She then shows up at her at Maddie's window after that yeah. after that day at the school, sleeps well, on her floor. But we we didn't talk about probably the best scene of the whole film, where oh, did that happen on the very first day too? Yeah. Oh yeah. So they say they're all going to stick together, and then Rita has detention. Oh right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Rita goes to detention. <sighs> so good. And they all walk in one on one, one by one, as he's molesting her and talking to her about how pretty she is and grooming her and being disgusting. Mm -hmm. They all walk in and then they beat the shit out of him. Oh God, it's so good. It's great. It didn't seem like they were planning to beat the shit out of him. No. They came in and they told him to leave her alone, and he was like, "This young lady has detention." Yeah. And was a huge dick about it and acted like you know he's like I'm a teacher. As if that gives him the right to do anything he wants. So the fight starts because he, they're all confronting him and he's getting very worked up. And then uh, he puts his hands on Rita. Yeah, and tries, tries to, to leave the room with her or something. He yeah, just grabs kind of her and unclear. starts. unclear. But so then Violet jumps on his back. Yeah. And then Angelina Jolie comes at him and he kicks her like in the stomach. Yeah. Well, he slams Violet against the chalkboard. Yeah. And she yeah. falls down. He kicks right, he Angelina Jolie like halfway across the room, and then Maddie kicks him in the balls. Yep. And then Rita grabs him by the head and slams his head on the table, and then she and Goldie also shows up right at this point, but she has the most amazing line. Yeah. Put your hands on me again. I'll snip your little nuts off with my toenail clippers. Right. Wow. So amazing. Yeah. And that's when Goldie became part of the group. A real character. Yeah. yeah. Goldie does play a very significant part in the film later and pivotal parts. She, during that initial scene where Maddie was rollerblading through the school, she snapped a photo of Goldie passed out on the toilet in the girl's bathroom. Not on the toilet, but her, passed well, out her next head to was it on like the toilet. she had been, yeah. yeah. Um, had been vomiting. Maddie is an artist. She's going to apply to art school with her boyfriend and her medium is Polaroids that she then scans in and does Mac paint over them, I think. Mm -hmm. It was very weird. That's pretty like advanced technology for the time. It was. And there was some, also some internet chat room stuff yeah, that happened later chatting, in the movie. <laughs> and they, it was crazy. I was like, oh my God, more internet stuff. Like, yeah. like hackers, you know, this technology was so exciting at the time. I missed all of that shit. I think Angelina Jolie probably showed them how to do that. Probably. She knows how to hack. She, was... she knows everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And speaking of, well, I don't know. Do you have more shit you want to talk about this movie 
like, you know, things you want to make fun of about it? Well, there was one scene that... Oh, I know which scene you're going to talk about. Maybe we should wait? We can. I don't think it matters. Okay. We're building it up a lot now, though, and so nobody's going to laugh at my joke that I've been preparing. <laughs> I will have you all know that Micah was like, I have a joke for this, but I don't know if I should tell you what I'm going to say so that you can play along with me because I don't want you to fuck it up like last time because I did that on one of our episodes. So without further ado, here we go. Ready? (laughs) So Legs gets sent to juvenile detention. Legs is Angelina Jolie. You find out like halfway through the movie that that's what she goes No, it's like 10 minutes in. Legs. What about him? (laughs) That's what people call me. You find out halfway through that her name is actually Margaret Sadovsky, and she gets sent to juvenile detention because we'll get there. We'll explain why. Anyway, she's in the prison yard running at night, and we actually rewound it because I don't know what the fuck she was doing because it wasn't running. Um, So we watched it again. Jen didn't know who she was. She was like, who's this character in prison? Because it was so awkward. Well, I didn't know it was prison. It just looks like a track, you know? Well, there was the, like... Razor wire fence. Okay, well, I didn't notice that at first, and I just saw someone running very awkwardly. Yeah, like she had a big dump in her pants, in her sweats, basically. But my question (laughs) is I've seen this a lot in films. Angelina Jolie, um, some others that come to mind really quickly Harrison Ford, Tom Cruise. And these are all three are like action movie stars. Mm hmm. None of them can fucking run like a normal human runs, though. Really? They're so... I, I wouldn't say they're all so great at acting. I don't think Tom Cruise is, has a lot of range or is a great actor. Um, Angelina Jolie is, be pretty good. is great in this film. She's great in a lot of things. Harrison Ford is great in a lot of things. They're great actors. That's what they do is yeah. act. Why right. can't they act like they're running? I don't know what you're referring to with the other two, so I don't know. They all do this weird thing with their arms and legs <laughs> where it's like they're moving fast, but it's not how humans run. She wasn't really even moving very fast, though. It seems like it was almost like a limp. And then when you said what you did say while watching the movie, what is she doing? Does she have a dump in her pants? Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, that is kind of what that looks like. Was that your joke? No. Oh, good. Okay. I heard you told the joke. Oh my god, what was it? Was it the dump in the van? We'll let you guys find it. <laughs> was it the dump in no, the van? No, you just said, was that the joke? And I said, no. You didn't say no. That wasn't it. What was it? Why can't actors act like they're running? Oh. Why don't they act like... Why can't they teach these people how to run? It's just frustrating to me. <laughs> Good one. Classic. Uh, I know. Classic. <laughs> Classic. I never saw that bit right there. Micah tells a quote joke. <laughs> hey, man, I think it would have gone better if I would have been able to fuck it up for you. <laughs> True. I think it would have been Would have been much better. It's pretty good when I crash and burn, though, I have to admit. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny that I had to ask what the joke was. Yes, of course. That's great. That's oh, fucking great. That was not the scene I thought you were referring to. Because there was another scene. There was one scene in the movie that I thought... There was the bathroom scene in the beginning where I was like, I liked it a lot, actually. I just was like, how come no one's asking who are you and where did you come from? But the other scene happened later when they... So there's a part where they take Goldie's dad hostage. Mm. And it's just a ridiculous... There's a ridiculous scene with all that. that, Yeah. uh, I don't know. We can talk about it later. There's a lot of weird writing choices they made that 
seemed like it stretched certain scenes out more than it needed to and overcomplicated things. And the cinematography was interesting too. There were there were times the first time we see Richard Bayman, um, he played Benjamin Horn on Twin oh, Peaks. Yeah. He's the principal of the school. Real dick. Hetty, not Hetty, <laughs> Maddie is rollerblading through the school and then they show this shot of him at a weird like a canted angle from below where he's yelling to people in the school it's there were a lot of things like that where they were trying to make edgy interesting cinematography choices but it just turned out looking kind of amateurish and strange and stilted Hmm. i got that sense at times yeah Um, well it felt like a b movie to me in the beginning yeah that i was like what is it that i'm feeling is it it's not campy that would that was the wrong word then i was like oh it's like it's like a bad movie but it's not a bad movie i don't i mean i think it's actually pretty great but yeah it's not it's not it's not cohesive right they're just issues with yeah certain things it still worked for me but i can also recognize that yeah it had some problems so before we get into the recap we're gonna have to do a little bit of plot reconstruction to get to some of the points we want to talk about but one other thing that i thought was strange the plot synopsis on hulu which is how we watched it and then also on imdb when i was looking up and doing other research it was the same plot synopsis which i thought was strange because it's obviously from the time the movie was made it's like promotional stuff Four high school girls form a gang when an enigmatic 17-year-old female drifter comes to town. The girls learn about lesbianism, drug addiction, and empowerment, all of which <laughs> transforms them forever. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? It is a pretty succinct way to say it. I Was mean... it like a Twitter thing? They had a certain number of characters they could use? or <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You get three adjectives, four nouns. It was very strange. Lesbianism? Is that? They learned about lesbianism. I know. <laughs> they studied. <laughs> they took a course on lesbianism. I missed that scene. Taught by Angelina Jolie. Uh, Actually, I saw that scene. Yeah. But well, you, is that it? You, you I just to... thought that was a weird way to describe the film. Yes, it's a funny way. It's a very simplistic way to describe it. Also, yeah, it is funny to say lesbianism. Lesbianism. Uh, what was the other thing? Drug addiction. Drug addiction. And and empowerment. Empowerment is the (laughs) third one. Uh, Yeah, that's very weird. So they form a gang. They don't actually form a gang, although that is the subtitle of the original book, Confessions of a Girl Gang. So sure, they form this gang. And they, of course, what happens is that the principal, being the dick that he is, uh, suspends the girls for beating up Mr. Butt and... He doesn't believe them when they tell him that he was, they say, sexually harassing them. Yeah. Doesn't believe them. He suspends all five of them for two weeks. I think it goes up to three weeks. by And then he changes it to three weeks. So now they're just this gang hanging out together all day, every day. Well, and he says, what are you girls? hmm? Some sort of a gang here? hmm? Girls who run with foxes, that sort of thing? Oh, yeah. Did you? What is that? I think it's a reference to Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is a book that came out in 1992 and I think was a big cultural phrase then. I mean, I haven't read it. I really want to read it. So I think he's pointing at like your girls. So they're foxes, maybe. It's like teen teens. And I think it was Hmm. it was a bad principal joke. 
Really? I don't know. What else? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Maybe they were just making him out to be an idiot. Oh, yeah. He because is. he was. They did that effectively. And Yeah. So he just, he said foxes because he didn't know that it was wolves. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's because everybody knows foxes are baby wolves. You know, so he's saying you're not women, you're girls who run yeah. with baby wolves, which are foxes. Uh-huh. He's not the biology teacher. He's the principal. What do you teach? Uh, talk, talking good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, let's just real quick, like what are, what do you call babies of foxes then? Or no, no, no. Foxes are just foxes babies. Foxes are baby wolves, it's a dumb, Jen. What a, <laughs> a stupid dumb question. question. Baby foxes. I what mean, do you baby call babies? the babies of um, a bear? Tiny bear. <laughs> okay. How about a dog? Tiny dog. <laughs> oh, God, you're dumb. Anyway, I was going somewhere with all that. They got suspended. This is, let me just explain that I'm so, I'm really overwhelmed right now trying to figure out how to talk about this movie. And so far, I'm not doing a very good job. When this movie started, I thought I was going to laugh at it a lot because it seemed like it was going to be really bad. But what ended up happening was that I connected to it in a really big way. And it was, it felt very personal and some of it hit very close to home. Uh, and I just was experience a lot of, experiencing a lot of emotions. And then at the very end, I just sobbed afterwards. So then I did some writing about it. And I wrote a bunch of stuff about it. And I don't, I can't figure out what to say to kind of sum up my experience watching this movie. It's So I guess if if I sound hesitant, that's why. Okay. So maybe we'll put some of the writing that you do up in our group, or we could point on people to the blog, um, or well, put it on I the website. Well, I have a blog, but yeah, I do have a blog, which I have thought a lot about writing about my Montana experience, so I don't know. If you're interested in that, maybe let me know, because maybe it would be motivating. But I don't know. Yeah, this brought up a lot for me. The The very last song... There were two songs that were very affecting. One was a Mazzy Star song that played during a scene that we will talk about. The other, the very last song of the movie, was a Kristen Hirsch song. It's called Me and My Charms. And as soon as that song started playing, I just broke into tears. That song is from Kristen Hirsch's first solo album. And I, I'm try- I don't even know why I had it because I wasn't a fan I did I didn't listen to throwing muses beforehand or anything so it must have been I don't know a friend who introduced me to her but I had that album it's called hips and makers I had it on cassette tape of course yeah and I I listened to it like we listened to music back then like the whole album the whole album over and over and over over and over and over and so today actually before we recorded this, uh, I listened to the whole thing again. And it's beautiful. It's very sparse. I would say there's maybe one or two songs that might be a little too sparse. But it's it's really beautiful and very personal. And it's a really unique album. I hmm. recommend listening to it. But anyway, yeah. So that song, really hearing that song was very 
painful for me. That album came out in January of 1994. And as soon as I heard it, for some reason, it made me think of my friend whose name was Nicole, Mm. who uh, committed suicide. So you had this album before you left. Yeah. So Goldie was the character that probably affected me personally the most. And first of all, she is a genderqueer person. She. I don't know if she uses she pronouns. I think so. I think she does. Hmm. Her name's Jenny Shimizu. The actress. Yeah. And um, she was a model. She's a model. She's She's been a really big person in, I think, in the queer community. And so I loved that about her. She's also the only non-white character in the mm-hmm. movie. But her storyline, she's just like, it's painful for her to even exist. And that's something I cannot relate to as, you know, her gender stuff, but I can relate to that feeling. So she's depressed, but she finds this energy from this group of girls and mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, especially. Sorry, legs. And it's cool. And there's this scene where they're in Goldie's house and uh, legs and Goldie are in Goldie's house. And it's this, she grew up in this really nice house with these parents who are her dad's like a fucking asshole and he's mean to her what are you some kind of freak what is the matter with you and they're she's a or they're doctors maybe yeah, her I don't parents know. her parents are white she's asian she's adopted they're super rich yeah i don't know what their deal is anyway you all, you all the only thing you really get insight about is that her dad treats her like shit yeah he's abusive he hits her and and so they're in the living room and Angelina Jolie finds a gun just sitting there in a box. Yeah, it's in a like a display gun. box on a counter or on a table. Yeah. Anyway, and then so Goldie brings out a bag full of some kind of drugs and says, my stash. And Leg says, those will kill you. And then Goldie says, so will aspirin. And then she starts talking about how 60 aspirin. She's like, it takes 60. It only takes 60 aspirin to kill you. Uh, and then... Legs is pointing the gun at her. Mm-hmm. Hey, put that money back, young lady. First, you got to take the safety off. Put it back. Go ahead. Put me out of my misery. And then Legs looks and sees if the gun is loaded, which we both thought it wasn't. And that's why she just, I don't know, but it, it was. You find yeah. out later that it was loaded. But so... This is me. I'm rambling. I know. I apologize. I'm getting to a point. What really struck me, that scene was very painful for me. It wasn't, you, you wouldn't even consider it one of the more like moving par- um, scenes from the movie, probably. Like, do, were you moved by that scene? Well, I thought like Jenny Shimizu's performance was moving. Her face, she's yeah. very sarcastic and dry throughout mm-hmm. the movie and like, obviously putting up a front to not have to face anything or acknowledge anything. And she just acts cooler than the other girls. She's always putting Rita down. And in that moment, it all drops and her face gets more relaxed. And she's like, just put me out of my misery. And she was totally serious. Well, she says it was just a joke. I mean, she's, I I would say she's half serious. But she let her guard down a little bit. Yep. And let that show through. And so Legs, having the life experience that she has had, which apparently... She's had every experience because she just understands way more than she should for however old she's supposed to be in this movie. 
Legs immediately picks up on it and is like, if I hear any more talk about aspirin or whatever, um, I'm going to tickle you to death. Mm -hmm. So the reason that that scene really stuck with me was because like she immediately picked up on that signal that, you know, when she said it takes 60 aspirin to kill yourself. I did not pick up on some signals that I later realized were fucking obvious. Mm. Uh, I mean, the day before Nicole died, I was on the phone with another friend of ours who lived there with her, and she was in the background asking questions about different ways to kill yourself. The one I specifically remember is that she asked, how long would it take to die if you injected air into your veins? And I didn't even... I thought nothing of it. I really, I didn't, I guess it just seemed like a conversation we would have had like any other day. Like we did, we talked about dark shit, I'm sure. But I didn't even see it as a warning sign. And you know, when somebody, when someone you love takes their own life, I think that most people's first instinct is to blame themselves. You know, we we look at like, what could I have done? And so obviously that was... (laughs) That was the thing for me that I was like, how the fuck did I not get worried when she asked that question? But I, I, you know, and anyway, that was really, that brought up a lot for me. Yeah. I mean, and of course it was a different situation. You know, my friend did not seem, I mean, it's another one of those things like later I was like, oh yeah, of course she was depressed. I can see that now looking back, but she didn't present as a depressed person. Well, and you were 15? Yeah, but anyway, I she just always seemed like kind of unbreakable to me. Mm. And so I didn't even she did not seem like a person who was suicidal. Like people would were probably much more worried about me. Mm. You know? Anyway, she died the next day. This is such a fucking bummer. I don't even want to release this episode. Mm. No one's going to want to listen to this. I think it's important, though. I mean, this is really related to your experience in Montana. Well, yeah, this is what happened, you know, not long before I left. Yeah, this one was hard. It's just, it's weird because um, all of this stuff was so long ago that a lot of the time talking about it is, I just feel very detached. Mm -hmm. And for some reason... This movie, it just removed some of that detachment. Mm-hmm. So that was a thing that came up for me. The other thing with Goldie was that she had a drug problem. So when Legs is sent away to Juvie, she's sent away because they there's this jock asshole who's a character in the movie. His girlfriend is a cheerleader. She's an asshole. Right. So this the jock's girlfriend like traps Maddie, lures Maddie away from the house. Um, Have we talked about the house at all? No, we haven't. Okay. So the girls end up, when they're suspended, they end up going to this house. It's an abandoned house that Maddie told Legs about. Yeah. She's like, if you need a place to stay. And then it became like their headquarters. And it was awesome. There were some great scenes there. But at one point later in the movie, Cindy comes. And Cindy is one of the, I think she was a cheerleader She's yeah. dating this jock football player who's pissed because An absolute asshole. The Budinger was the football coach too. She lures Maddie away because she makes up the story about how she's scared to walk home. 
I'm scared. <laughs> Dana and I got in this fight, and he started pushing me and hitting me. I took off on him, but um, he's out looking for me, and I'm sort of scared to walk home alone. Why'd you come here? You guys just sort of have this reputation. I was kind of hoping you'd help me out. So Maddie and does. Maddie does, even though this person has been an absolute asshole. I yeah. mean, in the beginning, she was one of the people in the bathroom. Who was slut-shaming and, she, and she victim-shaming. She was slut-shaming Violet because Violet apparently sleeps with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was slut-shaming and also just saying that they were full of shit and that, and that they it were wasn't asking true. For it and that yeah, and Rita I, should be happy that this is ha- that anyone's oh God, touching her. Right. Yeah. Ugh, she was terrible gross. and gross. Yeah, she was awful. So she lures... Maddie away from the house and then it's a trap and Dana and his buddies show up and they like Cindy is he says well we think you girls are getting a little too big for yourselves oh yeah well what are you gonna do about it what you've been wanting me to do for a long time Cindy knows you have that's why she's coming she's a witness one girl's word against another. Look, maybe this is just a bad idea. Well, we're just going to fuck around some. Why don't you get in the car? Huh? Oh, we got a fighter here. Get her in the car. That's their plan? Yeah, I honestly That they're going to gang so, rape her and then... I honestly do think that what I got from that scene was that they were planning to take her out to the woods and there were four football players or mm-hmm. four, I don't know, sports balls players of some sort and... I think they were going to take turns having sex with her and then say, so that they could say that she was sleeping around, mm-hmm. that she was easy and Cindy could back them up. Oh, yeah, she slept with all the football players and so that they could discount her story about Buttender. Yeah. That was their whole plan. I mean, it's, oh. it is evil and sinister. But and, Legs saves the day. Right. So Legs shows up with um, Goldie. Legs and Goldie show up. I don't know how they knew to be there. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, is she, is she a fucking angel? Like, what is her deal? Well, she has like this sense about where to be. I think it's... just spidey sense. This movie was filmed in Portland, but I think it's set in tiny Portland. Because <laughs> yeah. later in the film, there are a whole bunch of... There, there are a lot of montages in this film. There's a montage where they're all going around town just being teenage girls and having fun and stuff. And... Dana and his buddies keep driving by in their big truck Mm -hmm. and seeing them like during the day and then at night and different things like they either all hang out within five city blocks or it's a really small town. It's really funny. Like they all run into each other constantly. So, I mean, they must just live in a little neighborhood. But anyway, so they show up. Does she have the gun? No, she has a knife. She has a knife. She holds a knife to his throat. To his throat. And they threaten him and then they steal his car. Yeah. And then, of course, as they're driving away, they see Rita and um, Violet walking mm-hmm. on the side of the road. So they pick them up. So the five of them stole a car. Damn! My fucking car! So Angelina Jolie takes over. Right. And the cops start following them almost immediately. Yeah. And, and, and Legs she runs a red freaks. Light. Legs freaks. Yeah. Uh, so clearly there's some kind of police stuff in her past. Another reason I want to read the book because, Yeah, you know, she says, I we, hate police chases or something. Something or, like yeah. that. And then then she ends up flipping the car. Yeah, she drives and off the I road. I thought that and... was going to be a really, a much darker 
part. Yeah, like the it rolls car down the hill several rolled, times. Like violently down the hill. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. Like one of them at least is going to end up in the hospital in critical condition. None of them had their seatbelts on. There are no airbags Not in this car. Not even a scratch on them. Did, did Angelina Jolie had bruises. Nobody okay. else did. Yeah. It was so strange because the next scene is them in a courtroom. And this was a long way of us getting back to the point. But anyway, that's why she got sent to juvenile hall because yeah. the judge decided she seems to be the ringleader and the one that's causing all these other girls to act this way. And she so has no she's parents the one, right? Around. So she's the one who is going to do nine months, I think. Six say. months to a year, I think she said. In juvenile detention. Yeah. But then Cindy fesses up and goes to the judge and says she lied. Uh, so eventually Legs gets out. But in the meantime, and actually, it's only two days, apparently. So Goldie ran, ran away from home. This is where I was. Yeah. This is the other part I was saying uh, affected me in a different way. Um, Goldie ran away from home and she starts shooting heroin. And apparently she just shoots heroin constantly for those two days because Legs gets out and... Maddie goes... Maddie Maddie's calls the one that, okay. Goldie's house. Because the oh, other yeah. girls are like chatting online and they're hanging out and stuff. And then she calls Goldie and he, the dad says she ran away. Dad says, I haven't seen her for two days. Yeah. So somehow Maddie knows where to find her. Well, she goes to the, the house of um, bad actors and drug addicts. She just she, shows up at this place and asks. Should we put some laughter in here? Yes. <laughs> she shows up at this place um, and asks where Goldie is. And these two terrible actors, teen actors, look at her weird <laughs> yeah. and tell yeah. her. So anyway, Goldie's in there. She's very high and she's with this other person. And Maddie gets really mad at that person. Yeah, it's anyway, like this maternal. She's like, if I ever see you around her again. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, that's cool. They're protective of each other. Anyway, so they take her to the abandoned house. And they're going to try to detox her. And she's ha she's in full detox as if she has been on like this drug for a long time. Going through withdrawals. She's like puking yeah, and shaking. Yeah. And You have to kind of suspend disbelief in that moment. I'd like for that scene. But. She's, yeah, she's sweating. She's screaming at everybody. She's really sick. But Legs shows up. Right. But what I was going to say that, <laughs> God, I don't know, man. So much shit. <sighs> I have so many fucking feelings about this. First of all, that is the path that I was on for sure. I was the Goldie of this group. Like, and I never did heroin. But heroin apparently blew up. Like, it got really big in Olympia. Right after you left. Right after I left. And so I really, on that in on that score, I don't have any doubt that I would have been doing, using heroin. So I was, you know, in danger. Luckily, like, luckily Goldie does not die, by the way, because early on in the movie, I was like, oh, they're going to kill the... Mm -hmm. Like gender queer person mm -hmm. off, you know that only whole tragic character. gay thing. Yeah. They never really they address didn't. any of that in the film head on. They don't not head on. No, which I think if it was made now, they would. She uh, was just there. They didn't really address it. She wasn't like a well, token. And even but... just lesbianism, they don't really address no. head on either. Anyway, I don't know what my fucking point is. Part of my point is that's the road I was going down. The other side of it is that I'm having like a bunch of brand new anger 
about being sent away from home. So in my life, it has been spurred by becoming friends with someone who is also from my hometown. And we were talking recently and we discovered that he and I know we knew some of the same people. We know some of the same people. Like we were running in the same circles in downtown Olympia. And the thing that I've been trying to figure out how to articulate is this, like I, that was a very brief moment in my life where I was a part of that community and was becoming, was figuring out who I was. And then that was taken from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, at age 16, when you're really figuring out who you are, I was, that ability was taken away from me. I was in a situation that my parents decided was dangerous. And also, and I'm I'm not saying it. I wasn't in danger. I I was, it's impossible to say, like my mom still thinks being sent away saved my life. I do not agree with that entirely because it's impossible to prove. I understand her fear, but I'm also so fucking resentful that they didn't let me fucking figure it out myself. I'm really resentful about it. Those people in Olympia, I I was finding a group of people. I was finding like hanging around hanging out downtown Olympia. I loved it. I fucking loved it down there. Capitol Theater was amazing. We would go to shows like at the backstage theater, whatever it's called. I would run around Sylvester Park. We'd go to the smoke shop that used to be down there. I don't know what my point is. I just think I'm so angry that I didn't get to become myself. And I had self-doubt before I was sent away. But I have permanent self-doubt. And I'm not saying it's all because of this, but like I was I was in a dark place in my life, but I was becoming myself mm-hmm. also. And then I was removed. I don't know. I just feel like I have maybe underestimated how much of an impact being sent away from home and those two years have had on me. Mm-hmm. I know that it's, I've always known it's, you know, it's a big deal, but mostly I've just thought, well, it's a really weird thing that happened in my life. I think one thing it makes me think about is that you had a lot of these things are interconnected. You had a lot of things going on and we're doing a lot of things that were dangerous and not healthy, but addiction and it, it became like the thing that your parents focused on to justify sending you away was drug addiction and drugs and, and that depression. Nicole killed herself. Yeah. And, right. Suicide. But that was just one part of what you were exploring at that time. Right. And there was a lot of other stuff going on socially that you were becoming involved with and people that you were hanging out with that, again, your parents probably just saw that as like the bad people, the wrong people. Exactly. And that's not the path we want her to go down. This is exactly, thank you, because I've been really trying to figure out how to articulate this. Right. Like, I understand what why they did it on one hand, and I also think they were afraid of what they didn't understand. Yeah. And they did not want me... They wanted me to be a certain kind of person. Yeah. Now, I'm not, again, I might have died. I did have a problem with drugs. If I would have started doing heroin, I would have been a mess and maybe died. But maybe not. (laughs) You know, maybe I would have gotten really into the music scene that was happening right then in Olympia. Slater Kinney came out. Like, all this shit that I could have discovered and could have found my place 
in the world, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I still don't know what that place is. I mean, I was sent to this fucking place and brainwashed for two years and told that I was a piece of shit and then went to this little liberal arts college straight after that. Like, I never had the chance to just, I don't know. I'm really fucking angry about it right now. I don't think we can use this episode. We don't have to, but I think this is really interesting, Jen. Another part of that, and then I'll stop talking about this and we can just finish up with the movie. Another part of that is was that came up in this movie was sexuality. Mm-hmm. At the time when I was sent away, I had just begun to consider that I might be attracted to women also. Not even fully yet. But again, that would have been one of those things that I had the opportunity to figure out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like halfway through college that I even considered it again. And it wasn't until about a month ago that I even said out loud, I am bisexual. You know, like I just feel like my whole identity was, is stunted. It's like, it was like put on pause. And then I never really got, I never really found my place again. Was that something in Montana that they talked about? Like sexuality or other than... Um. Yeah, but it depends on who the staff person was, how they talked about it. One of the counselors, who was my family counselor, made it out to be this, like, I remember him talking about Olympia, specifically, my hometown, and why it was so dangerous for me to go back there. What the fuck did he know about Olympia? He actually, I think he lived there for a short time. But one one of the things he said about it was that there are a lot of gay people there. So they were homophobic? He, w- he was. He was. Another one, of the headmaster, ironically, this is probably the only good thing I'll ever say about him, was not. He, so one of my closest friends from there who I've lost touch with was a lesbian and was out. And the only person that I remember, like, it wasn't talked about much, mm-hmm. I guess, is my point. Like, and sexual interaction was forbidden. Right. It wasn't talked about enough. <laughs> Just say that. So it wasn't like explicitly homophobic or that wasn't part of the therapeutic program that to they were homophobic? trying to like. Oh, no, it wasn't convert like a, people or anything. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. But it, you just weren't allowed I think that, to. I think that the counselor's point, what he was trying to make, and it's ridiculous, but I think that the point he's trying to make is just how counterculture right. Olympia was. Right. Again, it's and the how wrong dangerous, type of people. Exactly. How it's, dangerous that was for me. Yeah. <laughs> just grouping in everything and the that's only thing about that that was dangerous the for normal me was, status the, quo. was yeah. drugs and how much i liked drugs and and there were some people that were dangerous but that's the case everywhere right i mean fuck like how dangerous were those people the people who ran this school you mm-hmm. know so anyway those are some of the things that came up for me yeah and i thought that i thought the I don't know. The sexuality part of it, I thought, was very affecting. It was also frustrating. Because, In this movie? Yeah. I think this is the same year But I'm a Cheerleader came out. Is that right? No way. I think so, which is one of my favorite movies. Well, we have to look that up right now. 2000. Oh, never mind. But I'm a Cheerleader came out in 2000. But it was a movie that had some similar... It This movie reminded me of that movie. Just... just because of girls mm-hmm. being attracted to other girls. I guess it's so rare that 
And it just reminded me of that, the other movie I've seen. But I, it was a little frustrating to me that they didn't, I don't know, I feel really conflicted. Like on one hand, it's, it's cool that they didn't show any sexual stuff. They didn't like exploit that. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it's like, well, there's a scene where they all show their breasts. Yeah. So we can see their tits, but they, we can't see them kiss. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I was also confused and conflicted about that, but. There was tons of sexual tension oh, between tons. Angelina Jolie and Hedy Burris instantly. I loved it. I loved it. Like I right love... away, the very first scene. And she even says, like, you're not my type. So yeah. there's that hint that, okay, so she's a lesbian maybe, but yeah. we're not going to talk about or, it. Or at least is into girls. Yeah. And then, but I think <clears throat> the scene affecting is really yeah, a good way to describe it. Because there is a scene where Maddie says to her, I love you. If I told you that I loved you, would you take it the wrong way? It's just that I'm not, and you're. Hey, I'll take it however you want me to. But God. then they don't make out, and I actually kind of liked that because you think they're gonna kiss, but she just puts her hand on she her just face, like, like caresses her face, and, and then she like they nuzzles just sort her of lean and they hug into each other. It's very sweet. It is. It's very pure and sweet, and it was I'm, really I'm, sweet and real. I I'm think, okay for with it. Well, seventeen-year-old totally, girls, totally. Like, and for her, for Maddie, then this is like I could really relate to Maddie in some of those moments mm-hmm. where she was just starting to think like i'm attracted to this person Mm -hmm. but she couldn't she wasn't ready to take that next step and like legs was amazing she didn't put any pressure on her at all it was kind of amazing yeah i really like that and i i almost feel like if they had kissed it would be more pandering not pandering it would exploitative yeah well so i but that scene with where i mean this is the first thing we've watched i think for i never saw that with boobs so yeah, first boobs and i was not expecting it in that scene just all of a sudden angelina oh, I mean, jolie takes her shirt off and they start tattooing each other and everybody's shirts off i wasn't surprised because the movie had that feeling there was so much sexual tension i thought yeah. like in almost every scene so i wasn't surprised that but that was the scene where I was like, was this movie made by dudes? Because if it's made by women, I'm okay with this scene. Yeah. And if it's made by dudes, fuck you. Because it is just like a gratuitous way of showing a bunch of breasts. But it it wasn't how I ended up interpreting it. It's actually a beautiful scene, I thought. Yeah, it was about lesbianism and empowerment. <laughs> yeah. And... How not drug I addiction. I can't remember that, that third one. thing ever. Um, I don't know. You're not familiar with that one at all. So. Yeah. This First of all, it, that's when the Mazzy Star song is playing. Mm-hmm. And it's a gorgeous, fucking, just shatteringly gorgeous song. And, I mean, it's cheesy. It's it's cheesy at first, especially, I think. Like, Angelina Jolie takes out her little tattoo, tattoo pen and gives herself a tattoo, like, just above her breast. And it's a fire... Fire, because it nourishes. It also destroys if you don't respect it. That's how we were tonight. Then uh, they all end up getting tattoos. Yeah. 
And it's, I loved it. I fucking loved it. I think the scene was, it it did seem weird. And at first it was kind of surprising. Like, oh, that's what we're doing now. We're all taking our right. shirts off. Okay. Um, which again, if it was directed by a dude or written by a dude, you'd be like, yep. We yeah. need to see Angelina Jolie's tits but for this movie. It also would have gotten sexual, and that's right. and it didn't. It was not sexual. Well, it, I think it was. I mean, it was. It was sexual, for Maddie. It was for it Maddie was, yeah. and because there's a point where legs. she's like, legs is tattooing her, and to do it, she's like cupping her breast and tattooing yeah. right above her breast. I just so, mean, but it's not overt, it didn't and it didn't turn like into an orgy. an orgy. Yeah, and yeah. It was, no, and what I it, thought was, it was handled was like, really interestingly. Yeah, I ended up really liking that scene. And I thought, I mean, it's literally these girls bearing themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as stupid as that sounds, that's what it was. They were, they, it's it's like showing absolute trust and and they're bonded for life. And yeah, there was a lot of sexual tension in mm-hmm. it. But it didn't turn into. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. It's yeah. like. Because I was like, is that where this is going? Yeah. Is this going to be like a big orgy in the abandoned house? But that would have cheapened it so much. And um, yeah, anyway. You brought up the song by Mazzy Star that was playing. There was a lot of good music mm-hmm. in this movie. And there were a lot of scenes. Like I mentioned, there are a lot of montages. There are a ton of musical montages of them just raising hell and breaking shit, but not really. Like they don't actually do that much. They start a fire in the school accidentally, but... It's all kind of innocent stuff until the very end. Well, they did go steal the a car, but right. But and they she were, has a gun. They were she running away from right. Like, no, I mean it's all justified. And, it's absolutely right. justified. But then yeah. they just keep going and they kind of go for a joyride. But the the song in there in that scene during the car scene is by L Seven. It's oh, awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. It's called oh, Shirley. Um, and it's about a race car driver. There's a lot of other good music. God, this movie, man, it was truly woman-centered and woman-centric. And it was done, it was just perfect that way. I mean, this movie is the definition of fucking girl power. You know, there was never a moment where you're seeing these girls through a male gaze. Right. Ever. Not a single time. The only men in this movie are assholes. Well, actually, Maddie has a boyfriend who, he wasn't really an asshole. He was he was bummed because she sort of ditched him to hang out with her girls. But um, but Goldie's dad, yeah, who they end up kidnapping, by the way. But we this is already long. We yeah. don't need to go into the details of all There's that. There's one football player but I will who's, say, who's cool. Oh, yeah, Bobby. Oh, he's so cute. And he does. He tells Dana to shut up. Like, yes, and he's going to hook up with Rita. They're going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but the music, Kristen Hirsch, you mentioned, obviously, we talked about that. There's a Luscious Jackson song. Mm-hmm. There's that Cramp song, Let's Get Fucked Up, when yes. they're all in the yes. house, like, dancing, dancing around. And... They've turned this house into their 
headquarters. They call it that at one point. Somebody else does. And it's like this female fantasy of having a place of their own where they can do whatever they want and they're in charge and they're in control and they're safe. And they're powerful and they feel powerful. They are... Yeah, exactly. They're safe and they're not afraid. Like, you know, there's a scene where the those football player dudes, Dana and his right other after, dudes, yeah. show up during yeah. that scene while they're dancing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. You know, I'm always waiting. Throughout the movie, I was waiting for something terrible to happen. The closest we got to that, I think, was Goldie shooting up and then getting really sick. Well, and also, when they kidnapped her dad... Shit could have gone really wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it did. did. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They <laughs> shot him. They accidentally, yeah. Rita accidentally shoots Goldie's dad. And then uh, he ends up. Yeah, he ends up. He like, lies and said he shot himself. Yeah. <laughs> he covers for him. But that whole thing is, that yeah, whole scene that part was, was very frustrating. Let's wrap this up and make but, it weird and make it longer than it needs to and still wrap it up. Well, there was just a very simple solution. That yeah. no one came up with until way right. into it. But here's what the purpose of that scene was to show Legs's vulnerability mm-hmm. and weakness. Because she was, and again, you don't find out anything about where this comes from, but she was hell bent on like torturing this guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, she says. She got stuck. She, it was about her. As well. yeah. It was all about her own issues in that scene. Like. Earlier in the movie, Maddie asks her about her parents, and she talks about her mom. Oh, because she has her a tattoo of her mom's name. Her mom died in a car wreck. Drunk she was drunk. Mm-hmm. But she was really close to her mom. And I think Maddie asks about her dad, and she doesn't really answer. Like, he she was says, just never yeah, around. yeah, I have a dad out there somewhere. Yeah. So then in the scene where they're holding Goldie's dad at gunpoint, because they demanded... they this Their whole plan was just... Goldie's sick, so they drive to Goldie's parents' house and they say, Give us ten thousand dollars. She needs it for rehab. Like it was just so dumb. It was. And then she takes the gun and they kidnap him and That whole plot was stupid. They don't show Goldie to him. They just take him up to the attic and hold him at gunpoint. That was the frustrating thing is Goldie was in the house. She was downstairs in a room, like recovering. Um and they just they they didn't anyway. Whatever but that was. That was the simple solution: was take him down and show him show his him. fucking daughter, right. and then he'll give you the money. But they but... also don't want to do that because he's abusive. They've seen him hit her. He's right. an asshole to her. And they that's don't know. Legs' his whole thing. Yeah. It's like she's just like. And Legs says, "Fathers mean nothing." The ending scene broke my heart. I already said I started crying as soon as the Kristen Hurst song started On the playing. Broadway but... Bridge. Oh my god. But it's so it's so amazing it's so beautiful that last scene. It's where they first met, kind of like. Yeah, so yeah, they're on the Broadway Bridge, and at the very end, Legs hitchhikes and leaves. Early on in the movie, Legs climbs up to the top of that bridge, and is just like fucking with Maddie. Which actually, that scene, I was like, that is a fucked up thing to do to someone. And that is not fucking cool. Plus, she took her art portfolio up there. Yeah. And then almost, that was a pretty shitty friend thing to do. Almost dropped it in the water. Well, they weren't friends at this point. They had just met. Well, yeah, but it was such a clear... Yeah, it was showing how badass Legs is, but also that she's Well, and showing impulsive the difference and between... arrogant. Right, and... yes, yes, yes. I did like that. It did show that balance really well, but it was also a way of pushing Maddie yeah. to be more adventurous. And then, so anyway, so the last scene, Legs leaves, and Maddie climbs up on top of the bridge, and... It's really, it's just a beautiful ending. And they wrap and then, it up with some narration. Yeah. I enjoyed seeing um, a lot of Portland 
in this movie too. I grew up in Oregon and actually my brother worked on this film. Oh yeah. As a special effects person. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, Which means I think, he probably rolled the car for sure. Yeah. Or had something to do with that. Yeah. And the fire in the building. Uh-huh. Yeah. He works in film and has worked on a lot of films. I think this is the first film we've talked about on I Never Saw That that he was a part of. Is that right? I think so. On I Never Saw That, yes. Yeah. We talked about Maverick on another podcast. But, yes. And he worked on that. But yeah, I think so. But this was an early one for him with special effects because he did a lot of painting and carpentry and art department stuff. Um, and this may have been one of his earlier special effects ones. So it was fun to see that and see his name. It's always fun for me to see him. And I knew a bunch of other people in the credits too. Yeah. Micah used to work as a PA on movies. So. Yeah. And by used to work, I worked on like two movies. So. I worked on more than two movies. It was cool to see people's names that I knew. Um, yeah. Man, I'm sorry that this episode was so fucking heavy. We weren't funny. Well, I was. Do you want to tell some jokes? I was funny. Oh, I no, told no, no. some jokes. Remember? Yeah, how about you don't tell jokes? Oh, okay. Because I can't even tell when you're telling a joke. <laughs> we'll have to put some content warnings on this one. Mm-hmm. Micah tells jokes oh. that are terrible. Micah talks about feminist shit that he shouldn't talk about. Well, uh, yeah, one thing I will say, not, and I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about it. I'm just, last night especially, I was just like, I really wish I had a, a woman to connect yeah. with about this. Because it is, I mean, because it's so, like I said, it's so woman-centric and it has everything to do with girls coming of age and girls Mm -hmm. in pain and girls, you know, fighting together and the power in that. And that is something true about female friendships. They are, I mean, when they're real friendships, they're really powerful. Yeah, I liked some of the scenes, too, that were a little more lighthearted and just showing the girls... Right, being girls and each having other fun. And, yeah, and not like there were scenes of them fighting back and being powerful yeah. and strong. But I loved the scene right. in the Was grocery it? store too, yes, where they're talking about guys and yeah. sex. And Rita's asking Violet all about, you know, she's like holding this big zucchini yeah. thing, and she's like, "How do you know if a guy's got a really big schlong before you actually you get mad for it?" and it's very it's very funny it's a really good scene and sweet it's sweet it's like again she now feels she's now free to explore her sexuality Mm -hmm. because they you know beat the shit out of her abuser and they're all there to protect her and help her and yeah except for goldie she's still making snide comments she makes a comment in there about she does this to rita a few times where she's she's like oh god now we have to hear about her masturbating or Oh, yeah, she says, I do masturbate, though. Yeah. And I was like, what? This is amazing. (laughs) This movie's so amazing. It's so empowering. Like, I just, it's, I don't know. I I have not read any reviews of it yet, but I'm going to now that we've talked about it. Maybe I'm going to read a bunch of stuff about how problematic it was. But for me, the way I saw it last night watching it was, I thought it was really powerful. It's not a great film. As a film, you know what I mean? Some of the 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 storylines, you know, there's some real weaknesses there. But But the overall intent of the movie, I think, was very successful. It came across. And I think the five girls, the main characters, Mm -hmm. all of their performances were great. Yeah, they were all They were all very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to end with some sort of joke or? Nope. Something that's might like 
someone might listen to us again if we say something good <laughs> at the end, like, like, hey, well, folks, uh, go for it. Sounds like you have a plan. Well, folks, uh, we're the uh, I. Yep, nailed a, it. Be a girl who runs with foxes, I guess. I think that's a good message. And also, foxes are not baby wolves. I don't know. And I'm going to go look that up right now. Thank you all for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. I hope you come back after this very somber episode. I apologize. I tried to keep it together. We'll just add some laugh track. It'll lighten yeah, the whole thing up. Yeah, during the crying part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. Would we really actually make it very creepy, I think. Next week, we will laugh more and stuff. I Please. won't tell any jokes. Please yeah. please rate and review us on iTunes. And if you appreciate what we do, you can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash I never saw that. Uh, anyway, thank you to Grandma Cray for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our web stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See, see you in, in the, the 90s. 90s. I've never seen legs again. The rest of us, we've drifted. But we embrace when we meet veterans of a sort, bound together for life. You can come back when you want, just know that I'll be here. I haven't left this step, and when the lights go out, I pick She